your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, we will be talking about the 9-3 to win the Avalanche had over the Arizona Coyotes. Didn't get a chance to talk about that yesterday. And we'll also be discussing Alex Newhook signed his ELC. What does that mean going forward for him and for the Avalanche for this season anyway? So talk about that. And then some follow the show on social media outlets, LOP and underscore avalanche uh, for Twitter, for Instagram, just search locked on avalanche and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to locked on avalanche at gmail.com. All right. So yeah, the avalanche with a very impressive, no doubt nine to three win over the Arizona coyotes when it should have been. All of the talk should have been about uh, Jonas Donskoy and his hat trick. The majority of the talk is about Nathan McKinnon. Uh, and for not for reasons of his awesomeness uh, when he's on the ice and when he's playing. Uh, this had to do on the ice, but obviously everybody knows it. Throwing of the helmet to Connor Garland. So we'll talk about that later on. But first, I just want to talk about the game in general. <clears throat> and it, it was, you know, the are, are the Avalanche really this good? Or is did, did Arizona just not have it again? And I think it's a little bit of both. I think the Avalanche uh, right now are just a team that cannot be stopped. Um, and right now, Jonas Donskoy is an individual player who just seems to have found some new gear in his game. And in the first seven minutes and change of the game, he had a hot hat trick. Uh, the time in between his goals was a little bit over three minutes. That first period, uh, the, the first seven minutes and 31 seconds of the first period was it, it, just watching it, you just felt like this is this is going to be like one of those baseball games where doesn't matter what pitchers on the mound, all of the hitters are locked in. And are we going to get uh, a possible 12-13 goal game? Um, and we got nine, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> we can't argue about that. But there were periods of this game where the Avalanche – had to come back down to reality. And, you know, when you score five goals in the first seven minutes of the game, you might, and, and their goalie gets pulled, I think it's just human nature to be like, we're on cruise control. And I think you got to give a little bit of credit to the Coyotes for really not quitting. Um, and, and they were able to, you know, get another goal by the end of the first period and then scored first in the second period, that got it down to 5-3. to three. And I think this is the difference between uh, the Avalanche from last year and the Avalanche from this year, where last year they were giving up late leads 
all of the time. That team was uh, that was a good team last year, and they had a lot of losses from third period meltdowns. And the team that you have this year is the total total opposite. They are getting leads and they are not giving them up. And um, you know, like I said, I was talking to Kyle in another show somewhere, uh, which is in internet heaven somewhere. Um, how, you know, the, the, the team last year, <clears throat> to use the phrase, didn't really put their foot on the throat of the other team. The team this year is doing that. And case in point is when Connor Garland scored the, the first goal of the second to make it five to three, you started to maybe think that, you know, because the old style of thinking is this is, you know, are the Avalanche going to give up this lead as well as they started this game? Are they going to give up this lead? And, you know, five to three, Arizona started playing better. Um, the Avalanche were giving stupid penalties to themselves and letting the Coyotes get in the power play. I mean, they, they killed five out of six power plays, so that helped out, obviously. They got out of their game for a little while. And then when Garland scored that goal to make it 5-3, to three, I think that's when they were like, okay, we got to get off of cruise control. And Gabe Landeskog scored right after Garland did to make it 6-3. to three, And that was towards the end of the, the second. And then they go into the third, and they just kept it going. So you, you don't want to see them really take the foot off the gas. I think it's just human nature to do that a little bit because in the pros, you don't like to embarrass the other team too much, but you got a long way to go in this game. So I think uh, you'd like to see the Avalanche really, you know, keep the car pinned in the red through the first and second. And then maybe when you get like halfway through the third, you hate to say that because if the Avalanche did that, they might have gotten 12 or 13, but hey, at some point, the Coyotes got to take responsibility for their own actions, uh, and and the Avalanche can't just lighten, lighten it up a little bit. And by going on, giving them power plays all the time, it, it just it let Arizona get back into the game, believe it or not. Uh, but then when the Avalanche want to turn it on, they can turn it on. And Miko, Gabe with another one, and Burkowski, uh in the third, and that was that. So we'll get into uh, stats quickly because everybody had them <laughs> with the forward wise, with the exception of Brandon Saad, uh, who I think is just going through a little bit of a funk. I don't, I'm not upset with the way that he's playing. I think he's playing well. It's just he's not getting on the stat sheet like he was earlier. And that happens. That happens all the time um, for certain players. I always talk about Tyson Jost, how he plays very well, but just doesn't show up on the stat sheet. That seems to be Brandon Saad right now. Uh, I'm not counting Logan O'Connor because something happened to him, which we don't know what it is. I think Jared Bednar said he didn't think it was anything serious, so he should be back soon, but he only played a little over four minutes. So I'm not counting him uh, for not being on the stat sheet. Every other forward is. Nachuskin with an assist, Jost with an assist, uh, McKinnon two assist, Comfort assist, Belmar one and one, Donskoy three and one, Kadri assist, Landeskog two and one, Burkowski two goals, 
Rantanen, one and two. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, two assists, no goals, but 14 shots. No, excuse me. Uh, I'm looking at penalty minutes. I'm wrong. He only had two shots on goal. I'm sorry. Which, I mean, he seemed like he was flying everywhere. He was trying his hardest to get on that score sheet in the goal column. Couldn't happen. Um, and then on the defensive end, uh, Renuff didn't have anything. Taves with an assist. Kale McCarr off the stat sheet. So we talked about how Nathan McKinnon was off the stat sheet the other day. I think against Ve- yeah against Vegas. Didn't net a point, and that was in game one against Vegas when the Avs dominated them. This time, Kale McCarr not on the stat sheet. And the Avs did what they did. Uh, Ryan Graves assist, McDonald an assist, and Gerard two assists. So he continues his Norris campaign. It was those are fun games to watch as a fan because it's scoring all over the place, and uh, when it's your team doing it, it's a lot of fun. So let's hear from um, our people over at Bet Online, and then we'll talk about Nathan McKinnon and Helmet Gate. Or as Kyle liked to call it, the I think he called it the bucket chuck it. Uh, so betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football obviously is over, but we have college basketball getting into their final four. The NBA is in full swing, so is the NHL, and baseball is back. So BetOnline even covers award shows, television shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to their website or use your mobile device, and when you sign up, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag, it's your online sportsbook experts. All right, so everybody wants to talk about Nathan McKinnon and his little helmet toss that he had against Connor Garland. And... He got a $5,000 suspension, $5,000 fine for it, which I think we were expecting. We're not expecting any suspension from this. Let's get real. Um, I think when players of Nathan McKinnon's magnitude, um, I think they reach their breaking point and things like this happen. I don't think Nathan McKinnon was genuinely looking to throw it and hit his face because the way he threw it at him, he kind of, it wasn't like hard, but it was hard enough. And it caught Connor uh, Garland right in the grill. So I had talked about this with Gil on the national show for, uh, on yesterday's national show about Connor McDavid and how he did not get suspended for his elbow. And I had said in that show, I didn't I didn't watch any of that game other than that one hit. So I don't know what was going on prior to McDavid throwing his elbow. Chances are he was getting bumped and bruised and poked and prodded throughout that game because that's what happens. Guys are out to get the superstar and get one up on the superstar. And sometimes they reach their limit and you poke the bear too much and they'll retaliate. Uh, I know it was happening to Nathan McKinnon last night and it happens to him a lot, but he usually overcomes it. And, you know, I think, you know, by way of his lady Bing award from last year, he usually is always overcoming it and taking the high road, but every once in a while, it just gets to be too much. And I think he, uh, Garland 
took a run at him and he was going to stand up for himself. And I don't think he anticipated the helmet coming off, but he was going for it. And when he did, it just all happened. When you're in that situation, you're not plotting out what you're going to do, the actions you're going to do. You're not, you're not doing that. I think he just looked down, had his helmet in his hand, and it back to him with just enough force where it wasn't like, you know, a Randy Johnson fastball, uh, but it wasn't a Tim Wakefield knuckleball either. It was kind of maybe that like Greg Maddox just eased on in there, perfect location, which was his face. And that's going to get you thrown out. That's a 10-minute misconduct and a $5,000 fine. Okay. Uh, the memes coming out of this are absolutely hysterical. So we have a uh, a lifetime of entertainment from this play. So it's $5,000 well spent, in my opinion. But, you know, th- things like that, you know, throwing helmets and equipment is not going to happen. But I think this happens, you see it a lot because, yeah, the, the superstar player, they they just reach a limit. And Gabe Landeskog said it after the game. He Nathan McKinnon is not a guy you want mad at you. He's a nice guy. He's probably, you know, if, if, you're, if he's on your good side, he's probably your best friend and will do anything for you. If you piss him off, you better look out and uh, not not to say that the fight between him and Garland was anything spectacular, but uh, he's gonna do things like that. He's gonna he's gonna embarrass you. The fight wasn't much, but Connor Garland will now be forever known as the guy that got the helmet thrown in his face by Nathan McKinnon, and in that aspect, McKinnon wins, and that's all he needs. He doesn't need to win the fight. Uh, he just is out to embarrass you. He'll either embarrass you with his play, where he's you know breaking your ankles and blowing right by you, or he'll throw a helmet in your face, and he's fine with with either one. So, uh, but no suspension, which clearly it should not have been. Uh, and thank you, Connor McDavid, for that, because uh, if you're not going to suspend McDavid for for throwing an elbow, you're definitely not going to suspend McKinnon for throwing a helmet. So. We move on though. We're it, it's over. It's done with. It happened. Uh, it was fun to meme it for a day, and uh, now it's back to hockey. So, um, all right, let's hear from our people at Built Bar and folks. We are in the championship. Yes, we are. It is cookie dough chunk and my boy coconut brownie. They made it. They beat Mint Chip, and it is in the final. So head over to BuiltBar.com, and we've been talking about Built Bar for quite a while. It's the best protein bar on the market. Uh, they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're amazing-tasting protein bar covered in 100% chocolate. So now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is Built Bar madness. So head over to BuiltBar.com and... It's the final. I don't know if they're going to keep this going for a couple days to get as many votes in as possible. But you know where my allegiance stands. I think they're both good flavors. And I think either one is deserving to win. But Coconut Brownie is is my boy. So that's my horse and I'm running with it. So go to BuiltBar.com and vote on the final. And then fill up your basket. And use the promo code 15 
excuse me, locked one five to get 15% off of your next order. That's locked 15, locked one five to get 15% off your next order at billboard.com and then check back to see who won the whole shebang and is crowned the best protein bar on the market. All right, last thing to get to is Alex Newhook. Alex Newhook signed his ELC with the Avalanche, so his uh, three-year contract starts now. Most likely will be going to the AHL right off the bat, and that's the best place for him. He, he, he needs to get a little bit of seasoning down there and just get to, you know, when you go from college to the HL, there's a little bit of an in- increase in speed and skill, just like there's an increase in speed and skill when you go from the HL to the NHL. So it, that's the place for him to go now. Um, the question is, where does he fit? Who does he replace? And I think this will be one of those things where it's, uh, you know, because the way the season is constructed, you want to give guys different uh, different guys on the team breaks every once in a while. And this is what kind of what happened with Matt Calvert. Calvert was not 100%. We didn't know exactly where he was at, but he wasn't 100%. So, okay, then go rest. Rest up and we'll put – we have a gluttony of riches at forward. We'll put some guys in uh, to take your place that are 100%, that can do the job, and not have any concern about drop and play. Go get healthy. I think that will be the case for Alex Newhook. And I also think it'll be towards the end of the season, just getting guys rests to get ready for the playoffs. And he's one of those guys that needs to play. Cause if they're, if they're signing him to this now, they're not going to burn a first year of his ELC and he's not playing up with the NHL level. So I'm not saying he's going to be up there full time, but he is going to be a guy that will get maybe thrown in here and there in spots to give fill in the blank a break, um, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. It's okay that these guys are getting breaks because the Avalanche should be in a position to do that. With how they've been playing lately, they're separating themselves from the pack along with Vegas. It's going to be those two going down to the wire. And, you know, as this season has gone on, I don't think the importance of number one is as important as we thought it was in the beginning of the season, other than you can claim that you're number one. Uh, so he'll come in. I think he'll give uh, certain forwards a break while getting valuable experience to go for a playoff run. Cale uh, McCarr kind of broke the mold with how people view what avalanche prospects should do when they come to the NHL. And that's not uh, feasible for 99% of the other people coming up. Uh, They're not going to get thrown in for their first game as an avalanche player in the playoffs and score on their first goal. Doesn't happen. Um, So getting him there now and just getting acclimated to the team, the surroundings, you know, uh, d- the different lines he might play with, the system. So he's got a solid month to get all of that under his belt at both levels. And then when the playoffs roll around, uh, he should be more comfortable uh, than he is now. But definitely, definitely excited to see him finally play 
up with the bigs. And I did get a, a direct message from the host of Locked On Boston College, who will come on next week. I think we're going to have him on Tuesday. Uh, and he, because he covers the college, he's been watching Alex Newhook for the past two years. So he's going to come on and give us his take on what he sees from Alex Newhook. So that will be next week. So looking forward to that. So other than that, um, the only other thing was how great was it that this game against Arizona was watched by actual fans? Uh, This was the first time in over a year that Avalanche fans got to, well, Avalanche fans in Denver got to watch the Avalanche in Ball Arena. There are some arenas letting people in, and especially Arizona, oddly enough, where you see a lot of Avalanche fans. But this was the first home game in over a year that fans got to watch the Avalanche. And what a treat that they got. Um, A crazy, fast and furious first period, a hat trick, uh, and a helmet getting thrown. What more could you ask for in the first game back with fans? So um, hopefully this just continues. Everything gets to improve if the avalanche make a deep run hopefully the percentages increase so even more people can watch that in person which would be fantastic so uh just happy that the fans are back singing all the small things and uh getting to watch one of the best teams in hockey right now i don't think you can argue it um big series coming up against st louis uh tonight and tomorrow so, because if you can win those two, you're already way up on them as it is. Uh, you win both of those games, which is a tall order because of our goalie situation to win both of them. But, you know, anything is possible. You win both of those, and, man, you you are you have completely separated yourself from St. Louis. But you they're going to be fighting. For, they already are fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, yes, they've had injuries, but so have the Avalanche. And we didn't use them as an excuse last year, so I don't think they should get to use them this year either. But um, haven't seen them in a while. Haven't seen St. Louis in a while, so it'd be nice to see it like almost like a new face in this season where it just seems like, well, we are playing the same teams over and over again. But um, it's nice to see a familiar face I haven't seen in a little while. So that will be it for today, everybody. Uh, enjoy the games. Let's see if Avalanche can get four out of this. That would be awesome. And uh, we'll see everybody on Monday. Thank you for tuning in each and every day. It's always appreciated. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned for Tuesday when uh, host of Locked On Boston College will be here to be talking about Alex Newhook. Until then, have a good weekend. Stay safe. Thank you for tuning in. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go.